How you doing, Jim? Hey, what's up, boss man? How you doing? Oh, mate, I'm missing you. I'm missing you. I can't. This is like, killing uh, me having uh, to watch on TV. Oh, uh, no, it's all good. I just want to make sure you're safe, buddy. All good, mate. Just before we go to the uh, the guys for questions, just uh, looking fresh, mate. You're looking fresh. This is the first fight you've had in a long time. I know we had a little bit of spite at the Canelo Alvarez weighing, but this has been bubbling nicely for a long time and must have driven you hard in camp to, uh, you know, put a beating on this guy on Saturday night. 100%. No, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. It's a special one. Obviously, big fights all around. You know, Gennady Golovkin coming back, Canelo Alvarez fighting Callum Smith as well. For you, important to make a statement. You know, great fight, great atmosphere against Chavez, but important to make a statement before you try and become a two-weight world champion at 168 pounds in 2021. 100%. I think with every fight at this level of my career, it needs to be a statement. And me wanting to be a Hall of Famer fighter one day before I retire, I have to go through the likes of all the guys that are super middleweight kings. Gabe Rosado is the personal grudge match. I won't count this as a stepping stone, but at the same time, I do need to look impressive. I do need to be spectacular. And I do, uh, if I don't get the knockout, I need to at least dominate this guy every round because he's not in the caliber of a guy that the public thinks, you know, I need to be in that represents you know, the top tiers of the super midway division. Why is this Thank you, Daniel. And we're going to go to the uh, guys on Zoom for questions. Anthony? Uh, yeah, corner man, first question, please. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I have just one question for Danny. Um, Danny, uh, there's a lot of bad blood, you know, building up to this fight. You know, a lot of speculation uh, between you guys. What's the odds that after this fight, you know, you guys, after settling your differences in the ring, you guys shake hands and just move forward as, you know, gentlemen of the sport. I mean, it's very possible. I mean, I don't, I don't hate any man. I mean, life is too good for me to want to hate a guy for the rest of my life. Uh, and then my focus is not on having a personal uh, relationship afterwards where, you know, I can say I hate this guy. So men settle their differences like men. And the fact that we're fighters, we're going to do it inside the ring, which makes the most sense. So that's where we're going to end it. All right, Chef. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Hey, Danny. John here from Pro Boxing Fans. Um, one question for you and one for Eddie, pretty much the same question. The way you've come back from, you know, your, your tough story that you've had and the way you've responded, I just want to know sort of how you reflect on that as a fighter and a person and, Perhaps Eddie is the promoter, like what you've made of, of Danny's story and return. Well, I mean, I think that uh, it's a sheer blessing that I can be at this point in my life, not only career, but in my life to have a second opportunity to live and to thrive and, you know, to have a successful career. And so the opportunities that I continually have, I'm grateful for, but I have an amazing team and you know, I put in the work as well to make sure that we always can have these opportunities um, to be a household name, to be uh, a future world champion, class division world champion. And uh, for my team, they're just making sure they're putting that support behind me to make sure that I get these opportunities, such as um, the one that I have now and, you know, the near future going against uh, the top tiers of the super middleweight division. Yeah, for me, Jonathan, I mean, you know, 
some people may know, some people might not, but Danny was actually the first fighter we ever signed uh, in the US, you know, and I remember meeting him there at the, uh, what used to be the Trump Hotel at the time uh, with his manager who's become a great friend, Keith Connolly. And, you know, I, I wanted to make a statement with Danny Jacobs. He helped us get a deal initially with HBO. He came with us and took the punt with us to DAZN and we delivered him the biggest fight in boxing. You know, that didn't work out, but we had a plan to return to the super middleweight division. He did that against Chavez. Now he fights Rosado. The story is fantastic. And, you know, again, not a lot of people will know. I was there the night that he boxed Dimitri Pirro. I was actually there as a fan just in Vegas, you know, and I, I remember watching that fight and the way he's come back from that, you know, with, with the Quillen victory and, of course, the Gennady Golovkin fight, which he definitely could have won that fight, you know, and, and the, when you look back at the Derevenchenko win, that look that win looks better and better, you know, as, as time goes on. So I really see him as the guy, but ever since I've been involved, the story's been great, but now it's really about cementing the legacy, not just as, you know, a cancer survivor, but as a multi-weight world champion. And yeah. I think that's important to Dan as well. I think he, he wants to motivate people and he wants, we all want to tell his story because it's, it's incredible and it's uplifting. But I think as well, he has a real drive to create a legacy in a sport as a champion. And I've, I've always felt that 168 was his division. You know, even when I see him, you know, I didn't know him too well and I'd see him make weight, I think, I feel like you'd be a beast at 168. And it, I think it's going to take time. And I think the Chavez was the first one. And I think he'll look great on Saturday night, a Friday night as well. And then, you know, then he's the next step after this. There's no more intermediary fights it's Billy Joe Saunders you know it's Callum Smith it could be Gennady Golovkin again it could be Canelo again you know but that's the fights for Daniel Jacob beyond this fight this is something that I think is, is a really interesting fight it's a fun fight but he's he's the favorite to win this fight he's just got to do that in style to put out a message to the rest of the division thanks guys thank you Danny, uh, Steven Codena with KOR Sports. How you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Um, on Saturday night, do you feel uh, any pressure to, to maybe make it a, a spectacular performance to get your name, uh, you know, back in back in the mix with you know Canelo, Callum Smith, uh, Bivol, Plant? Uh, you know, obviously your name's kind of right around there already, but you know, do, do you need the performance to be great to then kind of force these guys to start talking about you again? Well, Saturday night, hopefully I'll be um, around my friends watching the Mike Tyson fight. But Friday night... Or so, I, Friday, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> Friday night, I definitely... Uh, I feel like it's important to always look spectacular. You always have to send a message with your performance, whether it's to the fans, that you're still relevant, that you're still one of the top players in the game, and also to, you know, my peers in the boxing game. You know, the simple metalweight division is a new division for me, so... Uh, I need to come in and make a statement regardless to who I'm in there with. I think Gabe Rosado is maybe not the most skillful fighter or respected fighter in terms of being the top tiers of the division. Um, so if I would do anything else other than have a spectacular performance, I, I think it would do, um, it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be great for my career. But like I said before, um, every time I'm in there with a fighter, I want to make a statement. That, that was actually my uh, uh, quick follow-up. Did you ever think you'd be uh, fighting on the fight week of uh, your Brownsville uh, uh, brother there, uh, Mike Tyson? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's so crazy, right? It's awesome. It's pretty cool, but um, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to follow in the footsteps of guys like Mike Tyson and all the Brooklyn Knights that 
paved the way for me. Uh, so us to be on the same fights, the same weekend where I get to perform first and then, you know, have the OG takeover. I think it'll be a performance for, for a lifetime for me, but also to see him back at it would be a great thing. So I'm just excited to be around in boxing and be doing what I love to do. Thank you, Danny. Best of luck. Thank you. Hi, Danny Ford here from Viper Sport. Uh, just a quick one. We'll follow up with the Mike Tyson question there. Uh, how do you see it going on Saturday? And, and what's your thoughts of him fighting at this age? Well, I mean, I always got to go with my uh, with my Brooklyn Knights. And uh, Mike Tyson is one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's probably the most inspirational fighter uh, that's been in boxing for me, being that we come from the same roots and have a lot of the same different experiences coming from the same neighborhood. So I love Mike. I'm going to always support Mike. But Roy Jones was one of my favorite fighters of all time. So it's kind of like a bittersweet moment. But I look forward to seeing Mike being victorious. Um, I just hope none of the guys get hurt. I know they're up there in age and I just want to see a good fight, but you know, I also want to see them come out unscathed. For sure. And now look, you're fighting at a time where all the super middleweights are fighting in and around the same time. Uh, I know you want that second world title. Who are you keeping your eye on the most and, and for what reason exactly? I wouldn't say it's one in particular fighter that I'm keeping my eye on the most. I would say it's everyone. And then the landscape of boxing, sometimes a win or a loss kind of puts you in a situation to where you have to kind of see what's out there or settle for the winner or the loser. So uh, I'm worried about Friday night, obviously, but after Friday night, um, seeing how the landscape goes into 2021, uh, we're going to take it from there. But I'm going to be extremely ready for whatever comes my way. And uh, I look forward to being uh, a super middleweight champion. Thank you so much, brother. All the best on uh, Friday night. Thank you. Reggie next, please. What's, what's good, uh, Ben? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, how important is it for you to, uh, you know, rough year, this allows you to get a fight in in the calendar year. Um, you know, how important is it for you to get this action and then set up what you like to get done in 2021? I think it's critical. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the fighters who actually can fight in, in, in 2020 because a lot of fighters, uh, including top tier fighters, haven't had an opportunity to fight this year because of the pandemic. So I've been fortunate enough to have a team to where we can, you know, end this year with a fight and go into 2021 with that experience, uh, maybe getting the rust out from not being in the ring for almost a year. And then I can be super ready for uh, these top guys in the division. But I'm just, like I said before, I'm thankful for my team for allowing me to have this opportunity. I caught you on the Akin Barak show. They mentioned uh, doing a post uh, weigh-in interview. You weren't looking so good going into the fight with Canelo. Weight was probably bothering you. Some of us guys get on here with our articles about you not being able to rise to the moment, but we don't know the backstory. Right, so how's, right. the, how's the engine feeling, you know, in case you need to really step on the gas Friday night at this weight? Well, well, at this point, I feel like there is going to be um, no preventions from me being my 100% best. Um, I've always said that the weight was an issue, especially when we came to the Canelo fight, which was the biggest fight that we had the weight stipulations that was against us that made it extremely hard for me to be 100% comfortable inside that rig. And it showed. I think anybody that knows Daniel Jacobs at his best 
can see how he performs at his best. And I didn't get a chance to do that. Um, having an opportunity to be at super middleweight, my first fight was with Chavez. You've seen the results to that. You see how snappy I was, how elusive I was, how strong I was. And, um, you know, just me putting, being at my very, me putting my best foot forward and being at my very best, you've seen that. And now this is gonna be a continuation of that. Just me having no excuses whatsoever because there's no stipulations now that I can make the weight and that I can be 100%. Now I'm gonna go into each fight 100% confident and you're gonna be able to see my best version. So uh, moving forward, you're gonna see a lot of performances like the Chavez and better. All right, best of luck to you, man. Thank you, brother, appreciate it. Boxing Source, please. Hey there, Daniel. This is Jared Bell of the Boxing Source. What's going on? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Doing good, doing good. I know that you have this uh, fight here on Friday, but next uh, year you have the potential of being in position to uh, fight for a world title and you're highly ranked in the WBO. So what about a potential yes, fight between you and Billy Joe Saunders for that WBO championship? How would that look? I think it looks fantastic. Uh, it's definitely... Uh, appealing to me. I think it's a fight that could be made easily. Uh, but I've been calling Billy Joe out for some time now. And so hopefully we're in this position to where if we both can win our fights, that that's a strong possibility for us to go into the near future. Uh, it only makes sense, you know. Uh, didn't catch him at middleweight. Hopefully I can catch him at super middleweight. But I, my whole main focus is to be a two-division world champion and a future Hall of Famer. So the fact that I have options and opportunities to fight other fighters if one fighter don't want to fight or if something falls through, I'm just very fortunate to have these opportunities. But I do think a Billy Joe Saunders fight makes sense. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, Danny. Uh, this is Jeremy Harridges with Fansided.com. Um, I was talking to Gabe Rosado a couple weeks ago, and he sourced the bad blood between you two to an incident that yeah happened. i think i've seen that interview yeah uh, <laughs> that uh that happened in 2018 at the cosmopolitan uh leading up to the triple g canelo rematch he said um do you have any recollection of that and i was interested to hear your side of the events that may have transpired well i mean i've said it so many times but it's basically generally i just think it was one of those situations where he had said some things that he was physically going to do to me if he ever seen me in person. And so I seen him in person and gave him the opportunity to do just that. And his energy wasn't the same. And so I, you know, I kind of questioned him, you know, why he make those statements. And overall, it was just pretty much to get the fight. So uh, I respect any fighter who could be honest, uh, but I can't respect a fighter who is saying disrespectful things to me as a man. And so this is why this fight is being made because of some of his past comments and the, the blatant disrespect that I've been taking, you know, over the years, honestly. And he's a peer of mine since the amateurs into the professional ranks. And so I've always said that his career didn't go the way that he planned. And my career has gone exactly how I wanted to go, you know, with the minor setbacks. But, you know, it's just, I think he's bitter. And, you know, now he has an opportunity um, to get everything that he wanted, you know, and boxing is one of those sports to where, you know, you can have a crappy career, your whole entire career, but one fight can actually change you and catapult you into being a superstar. 
and this is his opportunity. And so he's talked his way into this opportunity, but at the same time, how I'm looking at it is just, you know, giving a man um, his words to eat and allowing him to know that there's different levels and I'm not non-deserving of this opportunity or the push that I've had throughout my career. And more so just to put a little bit more respect to speak it. Thank you, Danny, and best of luck. Thank you. Cynthia, please. Hey, Danny, uh, Cynthia Conde from Ring TV. I, hey. I, I just wanted to piggyback off of Jeremy's um, question because he basically had almost the same question I had. Uh, but going back to that incident, he did. I did speak with him the other day, and he said that he just doesn't like you as a person. I, was that, I mean, was there any other incident before that, that you guys had any kind of bad blood or something happened? Or was it just basically your guys come up and he didn't have those, he didn't come up the way he was expecting? Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I really don't know why he has so much hate for me in his heart. But when you're a hater, you create any reasons to hate somebody. And when you see someone who you think you're supposed to be on that same level, having the success that you desire and you want, and you can't get it, whether it's because, you know, you don't have the same skill set or you're not winning fights or you're just a whatever you are. I mean, I can't speak for it because I'm not a hater. You know, I can't speak on how a hater mentality thinks. I'm one who congratulates. I'm one who supports anybody in the sport of boxing. And so if I have someone that I want to fight, it's not going to be because, you know, they got the push that I didn't get. It's going to be mainly because I want to be in a position to be a champion. And if they're preventing me from being a champion, then I want to fight you in order to be a champ. But it is not simply because, you know, you've gotten a push that I didn't get and I'm fighting you because the system didn't, you know, push me the same way. And I took my amateur, my extensive successful amateur background has allowed me from the very start to get the push from the Al Heyman's of the world and the golden boys of the world and the zones of the world and matchrooms of the world. So I purposely put in the work as an amateur to be able to obtain the success early on in my career. And people had high hopes for my career. And my career went exactly how people with minor setbacks, people predicted this for my career because of the hard work that I put in. So it's not non-deserving. And when you have a guy who says all of this, he's not getting the fair share, he's not getting that, maybe you didn't do what you needed to do. And now I put in that work since I was 14 years old. I made all the necessary sacrifices. I didn't have a teenage life. I didn't go to parties. I didn't deal with girls. I knew that if I sacrificed all my life as a kid, that I would have a successful pro debut. My, my whole idea was to be like Andre Ward when he came out of the Olympics with a gold medal. That was always my dream. I always wanted to have that gold medal going into the pro ranks and being that superstar. So it was something that I worked hard for. And so his career didn't shape up to be that. And now he's jealous and saying that the system is against him and that, you know, he isn't getting the same push, but you got to understand, you can't hate on somebody who's put in that work. You can't hate on somebody who is humbling enough to say, hey, my brother, I have nothing against you, but at the same time, I'm just doing me. 
And what I'm doing is putting me in a position to be successful, to have the HBOs and to have the Showtimes and all these, the zones and all these different networks be interested in me because, you know, I put in that work. It's not, it's, it's not non-deserving, you know? So I can't speak for a hater. I can only speak for myself and, you know, much success to anybody who is doing anything in this boxing world because it takes a hell of a man to put on two pair of gloves and go in there and risk your life for a paycheck. Okay, and last question. If you could describe yourself in one word and also Gabe Rosado in one word, what would it be? Well, if I could describe myself in one word, it'll be miracle. Um, I mean, obviously having a second chance at life and being able to strive and I had gained all the success and lost it and had to gain it again. I mean, people really don't understand just the roller coaster in which my life it details. Like I've been through a lot, you know? And so for someone to say that it's non-deserving, it's like injustice, man. And that's why I really want him to eat his words because he don't know in how depth his words strike when he say the things that he says, because I know exactly the hardship that I had to go through to get to the position that I'm at. He's talking like he's had a hard life. No, my brother, I had a hard life too. I come from the trenches. You know, I come from the dirt and I fought my way out and I fought to be in this position. And so he's gonna eat his words. So if I can explain him in one word, hater. Best of luck to you, Jacob, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Matt, next, please. And, uh, Matt from Behind the Gloves. Um, I just wanted to know, you've mentioned a few times you want to make him eat his words. Now, does that mean that you have to win this fight by knockout to be satisfied? No, I mean, I just want to beat him up. You know, I just want to hear when I hit him with a body shot, him cringe or, I mean, we know he's a bleeder. So I look forward to, you know, his trunks being stained, my trunks being stained full of his blood, and I'm gonna hang it up in, in, in somewhere in one of, in, in somewhere in my house with a plaque. You know, that's gonna make me satisfied because I know the pain that I'm gonna put this man through because of some of the hateful things that he said for me throughout the years. And so this is the only way a fighter could get that revenge. This is the only way two men who are boxers get there and settle their debts. Just one more from me. Uh, providing you do get the win on Friday night, what's your ideal scenario? Is it the winner of, say, Canelo and Smith? Where do you want to go? If you could choose, what's the route? Well, I mean, if I can choose, man, it's just anybody with the belt. I just want to go. I just want to be a two-time world champion. You know, I have the team. Keith Connolly is my manager. Uh, you know, he's the best manager in the game. I assure you that I'm going to set myself up in a position to get an opportunity to fight for a belt. And the landscape of the mid super middleweight division is amazing. I think that, you know, winner or loser of the Callum Smith fight is an opportunity. Billy Joe Saunders is an opportunity. Uh, I've been calling out, you know, Jamal Charlo for years now. So these are all fights that could be made. And uh, I look forward for my team to make the right decisions for me same time we have options and that's the beautiful thing about this situation cheers and good luck friday darling thank you um ysm please hi danny how's it going good thank you um what skills or abilities does gabriel rosado 
possess that could possibly make this a difficult fight? Um, you're making me think on this one. Uh, I mean, boxing is a very unpredictable sport. And there's been times that I've actually went into a fight thinking that one fighter was gonna offer something different or you know something what I'm used to or what we trained for from his past fights and then he gave me a completely different fight. And so, you know, you always just have to be professional and you have to adjust. And so if there's a situation in this fight where I need to adjust, I think I'll do just that. But I don't know if I'll see a different Gabe Rosado. You know, I know he says he has um, Freddie Roach in his corner and he vows that he's going to do things differently like he hasn't been doing before. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's easy, that easy to change your whole style or to teach your old dog new tricks. I, I really don't know. And it's not like, you know, you cannot polish. You maybe be a little bit more polished, but I feel like we've seen the best game Rosados. But as a professional, I think it's my job to train and be ready for anything. And that's where the respect lies. Me training 100% to be ready for whatever game Rosado shows up. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Good, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Cool. Hey, uh, I saw you, you know, gulping some water. Um, you know, we're a few days uh, away from the fight. I would imagine being at this new weight, it's, it's so much more, you don't have to constantly think about wait, 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 and you're able to take, you know, the water that otherwise you wouldn't be drinking because you're you're having to cut to weight. Right. So talk to me about, you know, physically, um, how good of a feeling is it to be at, at a weight where you could be a little bit more, you, you could take in a little bit more food and drink a little bit more water during these weeks? Well, I just think it takes the stress off of not, you know, focusing 100% solely on the fight. And when you're training for a fighter, especially at this level, we're at a level where we have to be extremely focused for the fight. You can't slack, you can't, you know, be unfocused. You have to go in there with a clear mind. And I think the fact that 85% of my camps have been based off of just training and to lose the weight. Now we're at a position to where we don't really have to focus on the losing weight part. We can focus on polishing up our skills, uh, specifically training for a fighter and their bad habits to be successful. And I think we're doing just that. So yes, I'm a little bit more vibrant. Um, I'm definitely able to take a lot more water and food. You know, it's unheard of for me to even eat on the way in or the day before the way in, which I look and, you know, for the rest of my career. It leads me to something that I, I've talked to you before in the past. You, you've mentioned because of the weight cut, it, it's affected you at times in fights. Are you expecting that much more out of you now um, at 168, you know, to, to be able to get more out of your body um, in these bigger caliber fights when they do come? 100%. Uh, 100%. And I think that if you're depleted, I don't think you can give that extra oomph that you need to when it's time to get down and dirty and gritty. I think in order to bring out the dog and the fighter, if you need to, you need to be able to have the nutrition to be able to properly go out and give it a good go. So for me, not knowing, or not that it's not knowing, but knowing that that's not a problem, I can go in there confidently. And if I need to tap in, I can tap in confidently. So.
Good stuff, Danny. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Danny, good morning. Gail Falkenthal, apologies for the dog. She gets excited when she hears champions talk. She is a oh, that's awesome. She is the boxer after all. So that's, that's, awesome. uh, that's her thing. Uh, I believe this has been the longest layoff of your pro career. Is that correct? I mean, by just uh, a little bit. Yeah. My manager's months. right here. Is this the longest uh, layoff, no. uh, layoff that we had? Oh, except for the cancer that I had, but yeah. Right, aside from that. Yeah, so for sure. You know, that's a long time between fights and you've had to cope with pandemic conditions all that time. Yeah. So how have you stayed in shape, kept focused, prepared, and are you at all concerned about any ring rust? Well, yeah, I'm not going to lie. hundred percent. I am worried a little bit about ring rust because obviously during this pandemic, uh, me being based in Atlanta, cases were really, really spiking high. And um, it was a worry to even come outside. And so the first half of the pandemic, I didn't really get the best training. I made training camp in my home and did the best that I can do on my own. But obviously you need a training team to be able to get the proper boxing training. And so we didn't get that to, you know, I would probably say the second half. And then we made sure that we had 11, 12 week of camp so we can try to get the rust out. But you know, you never know until you actually go inside the ring and you perform. So I think Gabe Rosado was the perfect fighter to fight coming out of this pandemic. I mean, no excuses for me. I know I have to still go in there and be professional and look my best and give it my best. But at the same time, you know, the world affects a fighter, especially in these conditions and you have to be realistic. And, you know, kudos to all the fighters out there who are going through this pandemic and, and, and taking fights and still, you know, giving it their best, you know, I respect all of them and I respect everyone who puts a, uh, their pair of gloves on and risk their lives. But, you know, my situation is a little bit different. You know, I really didn't have the best training that I could possibly have, but I'm a hundred percent confident in the 11, 12 week camp that I had leading up into this camp. And it's been one of the best camps that I've had. And so we took every proper precaution to where we didn't get, you know, COVID or we stayed away from potential threats or just in general, you know, we made sure we was precautious. And so I look forward to coming and Friday night being victorious. Good luck to you. Thanks so much for giving up your Thanksgiving weekend for us. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Hey, Danny, John here, ProBoxing fans. One more question. Um, I had, we've obviously mentioned potential future fights with Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith. Um, with Callum Smith facing Canelo, what do you think he has to do to beat Canelo? And what have you learned from that defeat that you're taking into Friday night? Uh, what I've learned from that fight that I'm taking into Friday night, I've already done. And that's move up to the super middleweight division. I think I wasn't able to be my 100% self or be able to give it the best go that I could because of the weight clause and the weight restrictions that I had on top of already having a hard time with making the middleweight division. Now that I'm extremely um, fit, I don't have weight as an issue anymore. I'm super hydrated and you know, I only have the fight to worry about. I think it's gonna be different every time out. Um, 
you know, from my performances, you're going to see a different Danny Jacobs. And, you know, people even predicted that me moving up and fighting Chavez, you know, that I, I wasn't going to be the same because of my past performances. You know, Marco can tell you, you know, there was a lot of people who predicted that Chavez was going to beat me. But at the same time, I knew that there's a certain level of fighter that lives within me that if I'm 100% with no restrictions on me, that um, I can be at my very best and I can give it a good go. And you've seen what, Chavez quit on the stool. And so I'm excited to be able to continue my performances like that, but continue to be better. I have a new trainer now, Farisa Ma. This is our third fight together. And he's an OG of the game. So, you know, he's a former fighter as well. He trained the army team on USA Boxing. So he's very knowledgeable of the game. And so we've come up with a great, uh, not only plan for boxing, but during my off days too, or during my time where I'm not actually boxing, he comes to Atlanta, we train together. So he's a very active trainer. And I think that's key and critical for me at this point in my career to be able to have a trainer that's so heavily involved in me and heavily into my training and, you know, just my techniques and the skill set. But I know I'm going over, you know, overboard with it, but at the same time, it's, 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 but to answer your first question, what does Caleb has to do? I just think he has to create a great game plan in order to uh, beat Canelo. He has a lot of advantages, uh, but the main disadvantage is probably be the experience. And so sometimes fighters who are in a new situation to where the, the lights, the camera, the action is on them, sometimes they fold. And so we never know, and I can't give a prediction, but I just have to say in order for Caleb to be successful, he would have to uh, use his strengths and cater to his strengths. And I think, um, you know, it'll be an interesting fight, but I can't predict the winner, so. Cheers, Donny, best of luck. Thank you. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here or else.